everyone. Welcome to the Soul Talk podcast. My name is Mary Beth Rim, and as a licensed psychotherapist and coach, I am deeply invested in promoting holistic well-being. This podcast is specifically crafted for those who are determined to live a healthier lifestyle and are ready to invest the necessary time and energy to achieve it. However, please be aware that this podcast does not serve as a substitute for medical care or therapy. The primary objective is to delve into the intricate connections between your mind, body, and spirit, and assist you in discovering your true self through enriching conversations that will accompany you as we embark on this journey and put in the miles together. everybody. Welcome back to the Soul Talk podcast. We're going to dive deep today into the core of human relationships, resilient relationships. Now, you might be wondering why is resilience so essential in relationships? Well, just as a bridge is designed to withstand strong winds and heavy loads, our relationships too need strength to endure the challenges life throws at us. From financial strains, health crises, to personal misunderstandings and external pressures, our bonds get tested in numerous ways. But there's hope. Just as we can fortify that bridge, we can also bolster our relationships, making them not just withstand challenges, but thrive Miss them. Today, we'll explore the foundations of such resilient relationships, uncover the tools and techniques to build on them, and most importantly, celebrate the beauty of connections that remain unbroken, even in the toughest times. So, whether you're looking to strengthen an existing bond or cultivate resilience in new relationships, this episode promises insights and strategies. They can help light the way. So really, what is resilience in relationships? In the context of relationships, resilience is much more than just bouncing back. It's about navigating those challenges, changes, and unexpected twists that life throws our way, all while keeping that bond intact and often even stronger. So let's um let's unpack that. You know, I've been uh, married for about f- 41 years. And this relationship has gone through a lot. Probably more than the average couple, for sure. We've had ups and downs. We've had, you know, issues with kids, issues with family finances, all the major uh, challenges that really come up. So how do you strengthen relationship bonds, especially bonds that, you know, there may be a lack of trust or there's patterns that you don't like. Um, How do you really just kind of glue that back together again? So as we unpack this, it's 
you know, it's adaptability, number one, really. So at its core, resilience in relationships means adaptability. That life changes, things happen. So you have to really kind of look at it in a way that, okay, how do I adapt to this issue that's popping up? What do I, what do I do? Because life is full of ups and downs and circumstances change. A resilient relationship can evolve and adapt to these changes without breaking. A lot of times we're too wrapped up in our own selves and wrapped up into the hurt and pain that we feel instead of really kind of taking a step back and looking at this relationship and life and my, you know, and yourself is really, again, I talk a lot about knowing yourself and understanding who you are. So a lot of times you have to understand, understand who you are before you can really um, learn a lot of this resilience in relationships stuff that I'm going to kind of talk about today. So really think about that. A lot of times you have to take a long, hard look in the mirror and ask yourself, okay, what do I want? But it's always, when you're in a relationship, it's also not about you. Now you have to think of the other person. It's not just what you want, but what do they want? And I'll talk a lot more about that a little bit in, in this episode. Endurance, like, you know, it's sort of like running a marathon, okay? It's about weathering storms together. You know, I always say that relationships are training because it's the long haul. It's that, that marathon, that ultra marathon or whatever you want to, you know, call it. But when faced with external pressures or internal conflicts that you may have about yourself, resilient relationships endure because the individuals value the bond over the temporary crisis. So when you're like running a marathon, half marathon, ultra, you know, the endurance is that you train for these miles. You train for that particular race. You know, you don't have to be an elite runner to train for any of these distances. You just have to have that mental capacity and go the long haul, go the long way. So it's, that's where the endurance comes in. It's like sometimes when you are just ready to quit or get what we call in the running community a DNF, which is did not finish. It's the same thing with your relationship. What's going on? Why do you want to quit? And sometimes we quit because there's pain. Lots of it, especially when you're running those types of distances. In relationships, that same pain comes up. Does it mean that you quit? No, it means you, okay, well, maybe I don't need to run this mile. Maybe I need to walk it to kind of get back on track. So it's really what is, um, how do you get back on track? So growth through adversity, resilient relationships don't just survive challenges. They often use these challenges as catalysts for growth. The crisis or the temporary crisis could be a growth challenge. It could be, this is, it's all about growing. 
and growing together. Those difficult times can provide lessons, deepening understanding, empathy, and intimacy between partners, friends, family, whatever um, relationship is. Mutual support, that's really important as well. So resilience in relationships also mean that each person is a source of support for the other. They mean they bolster each other in times of need, ensuring neither feels alone in their struggles. It does mutual support doesn't mean to go off to somebody and complain about the other person and gossip about them. It's about you and that other person getting together and figuring out a way to bolster the relationship, to grow it, to maybe just kind of take a little step back and kind of look at yourself. What do I need to improve? Because in relationships, it's not what the other person needs to improve. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a, I wouldn't say relationships are nas- really 50-50. They're, uh, they're not, actually. It's, it's never 50-50. But you should always take responsibility for your part in this relationship. How are you supporting this this person? Are you making excuses for them? Are you um, ready to walk away? Are you just, you just want to blame and complain to somebody else? And that's hurtful. Not only hurtful to that person, but it's hurtful also to you because it can damage not just a relationship, but it can also damage other relationships that you have. You know, every relationship has its wounds. It has its pain. It has a lot of things. I mean, it's also joy. You know, our, not every situation is is something that you have to lug around a, a hundred bricks on your back. But resilience is the ability to heal from these wounds. Also to forgive. That's very important. Sometimes you don't ever forget what's happened, but you can forgive. you can forgive that person. Also forgive yourself to learn and to move forward without holding on to resentment. And resentment is like poison because if you're walking around angry all the time about what this person did to you or what this person didn't do, that's resentment. And you hold on to that. You hold on to that, that poison. And you don't really want to do that. While the world outside might be in turmoil, resilient relationships, they also provide a a sanctuary, stability, and safety. They become the anchor that you can hold on to when everything else seems so uncertain. And it's essential to understand that resilience in relationships is not just about one person being strong. This is a, a shared effort. It's a collaboration. It's about two people bringing their strengths together, covering for each other's vulnerabilities, and building a bond that can face any challenge head on. It's also, you know, it's, 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 everybody has to take their part in the relationship. 
And, and that's how you strengthen and that's how you grow. Not blaming, not shaming, not guilt trips, not any of those things. But you do come with your strengths, but just remember that you're both individuals and you have different ways of doing things. There are two different people. And it's okay that this person is this way and you're that way because that's what strong relationships are all about is to accept the person for who they are. Let them be who they are. Let yourself be who you are as well. So resilience in relationships really uh, is about the combined strength, the adaptability and growth of two individuals that are bound together, ensuring their bond thrives, no matter the external or internal adversaries that you all face. So in the intricate dance of human connections, you have to be flexible, flexibility, adaptability, and the ability to bounce back, play pivotal roles in resilience and strong, healthy relationships. So these traits not only help relationships survive, but thrive. So let's dig a little deeper into why these attributes are so critical. Because uh, changing dynamics and roles, you know, again, life isn't just this linear straight line. It's just, it's not, it, it has its peaks, its valleys. Uh, sometimes you're on a roller coaster. Um, it's not all happy and it's not all sad or it's, it's just life. Life is that way. And people are going to be people. Do people change over time? Sure they do. And you want to encourage that, but you have to be flexible. So flexibility allows couples, friends, or family members to adjust to shifting dynamics. In a shifting dynamic, you know, it's especially when you have people in your life that, you know, someone brings some somebody from outside and then they bring them in and they have a relationship. Maybe they get married, but there are people that don't like this person or that person doesn't like you or, or doesn't like your family members or whatever. Those dynamics can be really tough. And adjusting to these shifting dynamics is very important. So it's really whether it's transitioning from being newlyweds to new parents, which can be very high on the stress list, or from forming from, or from being best friends to business partners. Well, that's a good, that's a tough one too. <laughs> Our roles and relationships aren't static. So flexibility ensures these transitions are smooth. And sometimes we also have external pressures. So job change, health issues arise, kids grow up, financial landscape shift. Adaptability means understanding that external pressures will always exist. But how a relationship navigates through those pressures determines its longevity. So by adapting, relationships can evolve with the changing landscape of life. 
without losing the core essence. So um, I remember when my kids grew up, they're now when I have one is 40 and the other one is <clears throat> will be 39. They're both married. They both have child of their own. And, you know, that again, that those dynamics, those shifting dynamics of bringing somebody into your life or your family, not always easy. And, it, and it's, it's an adjustment. And so how do you navigate those adjustments? And that's where, you know, you have to really get to know the person and work through it. You know, conflicts and misunderstandings, that happens a lot, especially in family relationships. So no relationships is devoid of conflicts. You're always going to have conflicts in relationships. What's vital, though, is the adaptability to bounce back after a disagreement. And again, we're two individuals or three or four or whatever, and you have to kind of figure out, you know, you can have disagreements and that's, that's actually powerful. That's uh, a great lesson where, you, where you're forced to listen to somebody. So you may not agree with them. They may not agree with you, but that's okay. So this capacity ensures that arguments and misunderstandings become opportunities for growth rather than driving wedges between individuals. Well, you have to embrace that growth and evolution because people change over time. They really do. And that's what you want because you want growth. You know, and sometimes when somebody moves, you know, changes, and again, you may not like that change. You know, their ambitions, perspectives, and even values evolve. Because you can be married, you go, well, when I first met you, um, you weren't like this. No, because they're changing and growing. But you have to, you know, you have to really accept it. And sometimes, you know, like I talked about in the, the grief episode, is that we feel like when people change or job changes, that there's, there's a grieving process and we're not necessarily accepting where sometimes we go into denial, we bury our head in the sand, you know, and then we become depressed. We, we start to beg and plead for somebody to be the person that they met. That's not going to happen. And just, you have to just keep that in your, your mind is that you're even going to change. You know, people just change through every decade. You learn, you grow, at least that's the hope. You know, because you're not going to be, you know, five years old forever. So you have to kind of get out of that bubble. And adaptability allows a relationship to respect and support individual growth without feeling threatened by it. So again, when people change, don't be threatened by that. You know, unexpected challenges. Life is so unpredictable. A loss of a loved one, a sudden move, 
or especially the, the global pandemic, that really disrupted a lot of plans, a lot of, um, and a lot of people still are really suffering over the pandemic. They're afraid to go out or they're afraid that they're going to get sick or uh, whatever it is, you know, so you have to really understand, you know, instead of saying, well, gee, you know, you can't live in, you can't live in this house forever. So you have to go out. So you want to really understand where the person is coming from and maybe help them kind of move through that. But I, you know, again, if you're stuck in that pandemic mode, you know, where you're anxious or you're depressed, that's when therapy comes in and you can really talk through that anxiety and depression and, um, and, and get built on that strength of the help that you're going to get. So again, flexibility ensures that, you know, amidst these circumstances, relationships remain the constant source of strength and support for the individuals that are involved. Recovering from mistakes. This is a, this is a really good one. Everybody makes mistakes. No one's perfect. We'd like to think that we are sometimes, but we're not. No one is, no one has perfect, you know, there's no such thing as perfection. It's progress. You know, progress over perfection any day of the week. So the ability to bounce back from those mistakes ensures that errors become lessons. It's like, oh man, maybe I don't want to do that anymore. Not lingering points of contention. Well, remember back in 1983, you did this. So it cultivates forgiveness, <clears throat> builds trust, knowing that both parties are committed to moving forward. So resilience in the face of trauma, traumatic events can strain even the strongest bonds. Flexibility, adaptability, and the ability to bounce back ensure that trauma becomes a point of shared healing rather than a perpetual wound. You can definitely heal from, from any type of trauma, but it, it requires you to be patient. It requires people in your lives to be compassionate and empathetic to understand what what's going on with either you or the other person. But you can heal from that. And healing isn't something that, you know, okay, there's, a, there's no number, calendar number that says, okay, you're going to be healed by this time. And, and you may not, you also have to accept the fact that it, you, you may not be, you, you're not going to be able to fix the trauma but you'll be able to heal from it. And there's a difference, um, you know, fixing and healing because you're not going to go back pre-trauma. You're just not. So what you want to do is kind of look at it and with your partner or family members or friends or whoever, you want to, have a level of, you want to have people around you that are going to, to help you through that healing process. And that requires compassion. That requires 
Um, again, resilience, that's where resilience comes in, but healing takes as long as it takes and don't give up on that healing going, Oh, well, I did this, this, and this, and I'm not the way that I used to be. Well, you're not going to be, but you can heal and, and, and be a stronger person than what you used to be. So future proofing the relationship, the world around us is continuously changing and people are continuously changing by fostering these three qualities relationships equip themselves to face the future, whatever it might hold with grace, unity, and with confidence. Again, flexibility, adaptability, and the ability to bounce back are like the three pillars that keep the relationship standing tall, even in the fiercest of storms. Storms are going to happen throughout your life. Just expect them. Just like you're going to get sick. You're not going to not get sick, even though you're hiding out in your house. It just doesn't work that way. So the anxiety may make you sick for sure, but, um, it ensures that while the world might around you might change the bond between you and your, your family, friends, or partner around remains unbroken, continuously evolving, and always growing, taking that next step. So absolutely, relationships are tested across, you know, these challenges. So here are some deep dives into the mentioned examples. I mentioned financial stress. That's a huge one, especially for couples. Losing a job is probably one of the most stressful in a relationship. I know that my husband's has lost a few jobs over the times that we were married, you know, and again, it's a temporary crisis. So for as long as it took, um, you know, there was a lot of financial stress, but we made it through. And one thing that I had noticed over the 41 years of being married is that when I look back, every single crisis that has happened always worked out better than what I thought it would. Not only did we bounce back, but we became more resilient. You know, so, you know, one of, one of your partners might lose their source of income. So this can result in much tension, especially if the couple has financial commitments like mortgages, loans, car payments, those kinds of things. Debt is another financial stress, accumulating debt, whether from credit cards, loans, or just unforeseen expenses can really put a significant pressure on both of you. Also differing financial goals. So say one partner might prioritize saving for the future while the other sees value in spending for the present. Like, oh, well, let's live for today. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, if you're not on the same page, that can cause stress. Investment failures, you know, placing funds in an investment like a business that doesn't pan out. 
you know, that really leads to financial loss and subsequent blame on the other, you know, one person or the other, or regret that you even did this. Health issues are huge, be a really huge strain. So conditions like diabetes, heart disease, autoimmune disorders, they require ongoing care, which can be both emotional and physically taxing. Mental health challenges, conditions such as depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder can test the patients and understanding of the partners. Accidents and disabilities, a sudden accident leading to a disability can sure change the dynamics of a relationship, both requiring the partners to adjust to a new reality. Again, you're not the same person. Things change. So how do we become resilient with that type of um, challenge? Fertility issues, that's a, a big one for some couples. Struggles with conceiving can lead to emotional distress, feelings of inadequacy, and sometimes big strains on your, on your partner. Also, it's, it's expensive as well. If you do any kind of fertility, so it's really just kind of look at, you have to look at all of these things, you know, that was you know, financial stress, but external crises, natural disasters, like earthquakes, floods, or fires, they can lead to a loss of property or even loved ones demanding a high level of emotional resilience. I have my, I have a couple of friends that live on Maui and they lost everything. And I mean everything, their home, everything that they had, all of their memories in their house. And to become resilient is really to become grateful that we didn't perish in our house, that we, we're all here, we're all okay. And just knowing that, you know, again, this crisis, is, it's also temporary, but you don't know how temporary, but you can grow from this and you can have something better. So, um, or earthquake or, you know, a hurricane. I know some people who lost everything during hurricane Andrew and took a couple of years to rebuild from, from that. So crisis is like the COVID-19 pandemic, you know, that brought out health concerns, financial strains, especially if you had a job to where you couldn't really work from home. And often it forces couples to be in close quarters, potentially leading to a heightened tensions. Um, my husband and I have worked inside the home for together and we're together 24 seven, literally for probably the last 15 years. Um, at times it could cause tension because it's like, you don't get away from this person. So you have to get creative in terms of how you get away and for yourself. And that's important as well. Um, political unrest, wars, or other societal issues can lead to instability and forcing couples to make challenging decisions about, you know, your employment and your safety. Um, but you know, most of all, it's you know, it's, are you both on the same page? 
you know, so and family conflicts, disagreements or fallouts within the extended family certainly put strain on the couple, especially if they find themselves in the middle or they have differing loyalties or viewpoints, or they're just, someone is just angry with somebody and, and, and they're like, well, I'll never speak to you again. I don't want to, you know, I just want you to leave me alone. You know, I really believe that any challenge can be overcome, but everybody has to be on, everybody has to want that. So each of these challenges, they bring out its own set of stressors. And the way couples navigate these challenges determines the strength, the durability, resilience of this relationship. While these times are undoubtedly difficult, they also provide an opportunity for people to come together, to communicate, and find solutions as a united front. External pressures are, they're like a magnifying glass to relationships. While they might seem external, the ripple effects often seep into the very core of our intimate connections. So here's how they can amplify existing issues. So highlighting the communication gap. So if a couple already struggles with effective communication, external pressures can also widen the gap. For instance, during financial stress, the ability to discuss money matters openly can lead to misunderstandings and often resentment. Trust issues, external pressures like one partner's job loss might require the other to bear the financial burdens temporarily. And that's happened to us quite a few times over the course of four decades. But again, it's temporary. Always bounce back. If there's a pre-existing trust issue already, the situation can lead to doubts like, are they genuinely trying to look for another job? You know, and intensifying emotional disconnect. So in situations like health crises, emotional support becomes paramount. However, if partners already feel emotionally distant, sometimes can further the feeling of isolation or neglect. During external crises, individuals resort to their own coping mechanisms. A lot of times they shut down. One might want to discuss feelings while the other withdraws. So you have one person running around going, I need to talk. I need to talk. I need to talk. And the other person's withdrawing. You don't want to do that. <laughs> you really don't want to do that because that can cause a huge blow up. So if they haven't navigated these, these differences before, crises can I amplify feelings of misunderstanding. So an existing imbalance of dependency can be magnified through challenging times as well. Though, for instance, if one partner has always been more resilient or more reliant, a crisis might aggravate or exaggerate this dependency, causing more strain. And situations require critical decisions. Like during a societal crisis, differing values 
you know, come to the forefront. One pioneer might prioritize safety and want to move, while the other values the stability and wishes to stay. So stressing boundaries, or lack thereof, for the external pressures, especially ones that demand more time, like lockdowns, <laughs> constrain boundaries. If boundaries were blurry before, these situations can lead to feelings of suffocation or intrusion. And stressful situations can lead to heightened emotions. These emotions can act as triggers, being unresolved issues or past conflicts to the surface and overburdening your partner. And there's a pre-existing imbalance in responsibilities. External pressures can overburden one partner or even it really overburdens both of you. So for example, during a health crisis, if your partner typically handles all the caregiving roles, it might feel really overwhelmed. And that's where burnout comes in, in the relationship. You know, um, and that's where you, you really need to take care of yourself. Um, so some couples avoid addressing issues, hoping they'll just go away. So they basically bury their head in the sand. You know, however, these external pressures rarely allow for avoidance. You have to face them head on. Uh, they force underlying issues into the spotlight, demanding attention. While this might paint a grim picture, it's essential to see the silver lining in all this. These amplified issues brought forward by external pressures can serve as a wake-up call. They provide an opportunity for introspection, dialogue, and positive change. So by addressing these magnified concerns, couples can strengthen their bond, making it more resilient for future challenges. So the fundamentals of resilient relationships, what are they? One is communication. Open, honest, and regular communication forms a cornerstone of healthy relationships. See, it acts as the bridge that connects two individuals, allowing them to understand, trust, and grow with one another. So let's dive a little bit deeper into its importance. Building trust. Honest, open communication fosters a sense of trust. When partners share their feelings, their concerns, aspirations without holding back, it lays the foundation for a transparent relationship where each individual feels valued and most importantly, understood. Most people just want to feel valued. They want to be understood. They want to be heard. They want to be seen. And if we don't feel seen, we don't feel valued or understood, you know, that's a lot of hurt and pain comes from that. So most conflicts arise from misunderstandings or unmet expectations. Regular communication helps address issues as they come up. So preventing them from snowballing into larger problems. And that's the last thing you want to do is have that snowball. Because once it's, you know, then it'll be just one misunderstanding after another. You know, sharing personal stories, be vulnerable, you know, talk about your fears, talk about your joys. This deepens emotional connection 
It allows people to see the most authentic version of each other and bond over shared experiences and how to navigate life, life's changes. So life is full of changes, as I mentioned before, be it career moves, health challenges, or just evolving personal goals. Open, honest communication ensures that you both are on the same page. Doesn't mean that you have to agree or disagree or, but as long as you're on the same page that you care about each other, you listen to each other, you support one another through these transitions and you'll become much more resilient and have a really wonderful, healthy relationship. And that's what people really want. They want happy, healthy relationships. We don't just, you know, most people just start out in there head over heels with somebody because they love the way that they look or, or sound or whatever. Um, but again, relationships evolve like everything else, they change. So supporting each other through any kind of transitions is very helpful. Boundaries are huge. So honest conversations about personal boundaries ensure that both of you feel respected and understood. It prevents unintentional overstepping and promotes mutual respect. Regular check-ins and discussions emphasize the idea of us rather than me, me, me. It fosters a sense of like a team spirit where both of you work together towards any kind of shared goals. And it's also okay that your goal may be different than the other person. And that's where, you know, you need to talk about that. You also need to accept that and also understand. Not everybody's goals are going to be the same. They're just not. And that's okay. Because again, you're two individuals worthy of your own paths, but also worthy of the path together and how you click with each other. Really, that's what it is. So relationships are dynamic. They have evolving entities. So open communication allows you to adapt to each other's growth, ensuring that you evolve together rather than growing apart. Become aware of when you are growing apart. You know, a lot of people go through life and they kind of ignore the the red flags, they ignore the signals. And then one day they wake up and the person, you know, writes you a dear John letter. And you're like, I don't know where this came from. Well, it came from because you weren't talking about it. You weren't understanding where this person was coming from. Maybe you weren't listening to them or maybe they weren't talking about it because they were afraid or whatever. But it's important to really recognize and understand, you know, uh, where the relationship is going. Relationships are really hard work. Humans are very um, complex, for sure. So without communication, individuals often make assumptions. You know, we just make some assumptions based on 
what your perspective is. These can lead to misunderstandings too. So honest dialogue clears the air, eliminating the room for baseless assumptions. Simple, regular affirmations of love, admiration, and appreciation fosters affection. Remind partners of their value in each other's lives. That strengthens the bond. Because when you first meet someone, you're obviously attracted to them and care about them. But it's, you know, it's also, you know, letting them know that they're valued in your life. Healing is, is another thing, how you heal from, you know, past hurts, misunderstandings or mistakes that can linger if they're not addressed. Open and compassionate communication allows for acknowledgement, apology, healing, ensuring that past grievances don't tarnish the present or the future. Because sometimes in the middle of a disagreement, you're going to, you may bring up those past hurts. Remember when you did blah, blah, blah. That really damages the relationship. So honest, open, regular communication acts as the lifeblood of any relationship. It ensures that despite the challenges and complexities of life, that you remain deeply connected, understood and supported of one another. When the journey of love and companionship, communication is the compass that ensures partners walk hand in hand, aligned in your purpose and understanding in your relationship. So avoiding blame and, and embracing the power of active listening can be profoundly transformative of the dynamics of the relationship. So here's why that matters. Again, avoiding blame. Um, when blame is taken out of the equation, discussion becomes less about defending yourself and more about understanding the issue at hand. This fosters an environment where both parties feel safe, expressing themselves without fear of being attacked or misunderstood. By focusing on understanding and solution seeking rather than placing blame, you're more likely to acknowledge your role in conflicts and work towards rectifying them. And blame often escalates a situation. It doesn't help it. It makes it worse. What could have been a simple discussion can turn around into a heated argument if one party feels they're being fairly bl- unfairly blamed. And a lot of times blaming, like, blaming is just destructive. It is the most destructive thing in a relationship is blaming. Without the negative energy of blame, you can come and you can channel your energies toward finding constructive solutions and understanding the root causes of the issue. Now, I will say this is that you're not going to, sometimes you're not going to find the root issue all the time. And if you're looking for, you know, why did this happen? And you keep dwelling on that. That doesn't 
strengthen the relationship. Matter of fact, it can make it worse as well. So you may not want to find the root cause of the issue, but you may want to find, you know, what, what was that person thinking when this happened or yourself as well. So avoiding blame means valuing the relationship over the ego. This nurtures mutual respect and it reinforces the bond between the partners. So the power of active listening is important. Shows empathy and understanding. So active listening is not just about hearing words. It's about understanding emotions, tapping into yourself. What's going on with you too? Is it become, it can be, emotions can become physical inside your stomach may hurt. Uh, you have some anxiety, you know, headaches, things like that. You know, so understanding your emotions, your intentions and concerns, this level of understanding, it really conveys genuine care and empathy. It's about your authentic self being who you are. So by truly listening and seeking clarification, seeking clarity, misunderstandings can be minimized. They can be shrunk. So this reduces unnecessary conflicts. And it also fosters better communication. So when someone actively listens, it sends the message that this, that the speaker's feelings and perceptions are valid and important. This validation can be deeply comforting and affirming that you matter and the other person matters as well. That they want to build this relationship better. So knowing that you're being truly listened to encourages you to open up more. It makes you just feel safe. Fosters deeper, more genuine conversations. And it also improves the relationship. So active listening, one can better understand the core issues at hand. So that leads to more effective problem solving instead of reacting to surface level symptoms. The underlying issues can be addressed by that. A lot of times we're just, just the level is kind of surfaced and we glaze over a lot of things so we don't go deep. And I know a lot of people don't like to go deep. Um, I myself, I'm a deep thinker. I'm a deep talker. I just kind of just go deep. And some people are really afraid of that, that deepness. And also listening also builds trust in the relationship. You know, while blame creates barriers, active listening builds bridges. And empathy actually, um, the idea of putting yourself in your partner's shoes. It's a cornerstone of successful and harmonious relationships. Really understanding and accepting the person for who they are. So this act actually goes beyond mere understanding. It's an endeavor to truly feel and experience what the other person is going through. 
you know, it's being compassionate, strength, strengthens the emotional bond. You feel both feel supported. You both feel validated, promotes patience. It fosters growth, but most of all, it builds trust that you really care about me and that I really care about you. So understanding, you know, and validation, you know, the twin pillars that uphold the structure of a healthy relationship, their significance cannot be overstated as they create a nurturing environment where you feel seen and heard and valued. As I know a lot of people when they come in or have come in for therapy, they just want to be heard. They just want to be heard and have somebody just listen to them is really key. You know, consistency of that listening is key. It builds trust, the open and honest communication, being transparent. Transparency, you know, it's making yourself feel vulnerable. That, you know, that's hard sometimes because it's a fear that, and a lot of times I think when we get into these situations or these personal crises, a lot of it is based out of fear that this person is going to leave me if I feel this way. But you might be pleasantly surprised by being open, then they can be open, you know, with you. So you want to apologize and also make amends and, you know, everybody makes mistakes, own up to them. And apologizing sincerely, of course, um, by making that effort really shows responsibility and commitment you know, to the relationship. Um, you know, again, it's creating a safe space for vulnerability. We need to feel, we all need to feel safe. It's pivotal in deepening intimacy, understanding, and trust in, in relationships. You know, we all have fears. And we don't want to be judged. So by having a non-judgmental attitude definitely really helps. And also when your partner comes to you with this, you know, vulnerable act that you're, you're doing, you want to, you want to make sure that there's going to be confidentiality. So the information shared in vulnerable moments should be tr treated as sacred. Don't share it with your family. Don't share it with your friends. Because again, that's gossip. It just is. You don't want to go off and say, oh, so-and-so, you know, you know, my partner told me this. What do you think? Again, everybody has their own opinions. But if somebody comes to you and they feel that it's a safe space, you know, they want you to maintain that confidentiality and trust that you're not going anywhere with it. That is really, really important. As I know, when there's problems in couples and in relationships, they go to get validated outside of the relationship because they're too afraid to bring it to their partner. And then the other partner might go, well, look at this. They did this or they did that to everybody but 
the person that they need to address. So it's just really important to, there's some things in the relationship that just need to be in just between you and that person does not need to be broadcasted throughout the world. Um, and it can refrain from unsolicited advice. Sometimes people, they just want to be heard. You know, they don't, they're not seeking for a solution, even though they say they are, they just want to be heard. So unless your partner explicitly asks you for advice, it's often better to just listen and be empathetic and really keep your body, body, um, language in check, you know, because you can see through body language. So if somebody is upset, you can, you can see through that. So I'm actually pretty good at, um, seeing through that type of stuff for sure. <laughs> um, you know, and also you want to sometimes, you want to celebrate each other, you know, create new experiences, establish new traditions, your own traditions. You know, you can also bring your traditions together. It's shared. It's a mutual learning, a mutual understanding. You know, you just want to a mutual learning, stay present with each other, have routine check-ins, regular emotional check-ins within a relationship. That also plays a pivotal role in maintaining connection, understanding, and emotional well-being. You know, it serves as an intentional space for both of you to share your feelings, your concerns, your joys, your struggles, ensuring that each individual feels seen, feels heard and supported. You know, it's really important to do some check-ins. It's also important to um, spend time together. That's very important. Go out for dinner, lunch, and again, celebrate each other. You know, so the well-being of a relationship is tied to the well-being of the individuals within. So each partner's emotional, mental, and physical health contributes to the overall dynamic of the relationship. So when individuals are at their best, uh, it offers more love, more understanding, patience, and energy to give to your partner. Neglecting self-care and personal well-being can lead to strains misunderstanding and conflicts in the relationship. So you want to have time for yourself as well as the, um, as well as the relationship, you know, that's really where, you know, really what you need to do. You each need to find, you know, hobbies that you like to do outside of the relationship. You don't need to be together 24 seven. Um, whatever that is, but also find what the two of you enjoy and do that as well. So another obstacle to overcome is complacency in relationships as in many other areas of life, uh, can be the silent underminer of growth, progress, and ultimately satisfaction. So the feelings of contentment 
when left unchecked, can transform from a healthy sense of security into a dangerous pitfall that can cause stagnation or even regression. So you really want to be, um, you don't want to stagnate the relationship. You know, again, you need to grow and evolve. And complacency, it halts the growth of the relationship. So you want to really understand um, that when you're just kind of um, kind of again stepping aside you know you just sort of like go on life and thinking that life is on autopilot so that really is um, something that you want to be aware of, you know, again, relationships with all their complexities are life's treasures. We all long for a relationship that will work, a relationship that's going to be loving, but not, it's not going to be wonderful every single day. Again, there's things that come up and happen and, So you just, you really need to, um, you know, look at that. So particularly in challenging times, you know, they become our anchor offering comfort and understanding and love. So prioritizing the relationship, you know, becomes not just beneficial, but also essential. So I really want to thank you for your time your ears, and your commitment to personal relational growth. I hope that the insights shared today will serve you well. Um, So stay connected, stay understanding, and remember relationships, like all things of value, they require care, requires effort, and requires nurturing. And that's how we grow. So, Again, thank you for listening, and until next time. Remember that everyone's journey to better health and wellness is unique, and it's important to find strategies and practices that work for you. By prioritizing self-care, staying active, getting enough sleep, connecting with others, eating a balanced diet, managing your stress, you can take control of your own health and well-being and achieve a better quality of life. Again, thank you for tuning in to the Soul Talk podcast. I trust that this episode has provided you with invaluable insights, strategies for enhancing your health and well-being. To keep the conversation going, you can connect with me on social media. You can find me on Instagram under LCSWRunner. And also on Facebook, I have a group called High Impact Series. So please stay tuned for forthcoming episodes where we will delve deeper into a range of wellness-related topics. Remember, prioritizing your wellness is an ongoing journey. It's not a destination. By consistently putting in the effort and practicing self-care, you can achieve optimal well-being and live your best life. So let's embark on this journey together and put in the miles. 